Morning. Morning. David, please. Yeah, just uh, keep your on DAC status. What we'll do today? I mean, the DAC status is, uh, I would guess, continue to classify it as, as limited. We'll just continue to the throwing regiment and keep building up the volume. So, so at this point, with this being the last added practice, is it fair to say he won't play? Well, oh, there's a good chance he probably won't play. Yes, that's fair. How does that impact the decision on the other guys like Tyron and Zach and, and whether they would play or not play this week? You know, really, um, we can go either way. But, uh, you know, I, I want to see what we get out of this practice. Frankly, you know, we're going to try. we got the storm coming. It's going to hit. Uh, so we're going to try to get out for the first five periods, probably maybe only get three in. But I'm more worried about the team getting acclimated and because, that you know, how much work we get done during the course of the week factors in those numbers too. How much, how much latitude do you give veterans in that situation saying that, well, I, I do just want to get out there for one, or, or do you always override that, or, or how much do you take their input? I think a lot of those uh, decisions are, you know, probably where you are, uh, you know, particularly in relationships. This is our first year going through this um, with the players, particularly the veteran players. So, um, but yeah, I, I think we're all on the same page you know, as far as how much, you know, where we think each guy is. You know, I mean, we handle all these situations individually. There are some of your colleagues who don't play guys in the preseason. I think it's where you are as a football team. I think you got to trust your training process. I'm a huge believer in, you know, this 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 process starts back in April. You know, it doesn't start once you get to training camp. You know, there's a reason why we practice. There's a reason why we want everybody here and meet and you know all those things. So we, it's uh, like I said, you, you look at the it's a team decision. You know, I know there's some some people have a general philosophy. Don't play guys in the preseason. Like I, I've never done that, uh, but I think as you Tend to grow with the team, and you're, you know, you're, you're around. You know, I'm just going back through my career. You know, being in one place for 13 years, it's obviously it was a lot different in years one through four than it was nine through 13. So, I think that, that's all part of the decision making. You can learn backs a little differently because of the pounding they take. Like say it again. I didn't hear the first part. Backs a little differently because of the pounding they take. That maybe, like in Zeke instance, you might not play. This Did you say the quarterbacks? Running backs. Running backs. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think if you look at Zeke's. You know, full body of work. I mean, you have to take that in account. History would definitely support those decisions. You know, the, the volume of a of a runner in this league, the number of hits that they take. Yeah, that's definitely all noted. I know at the start of training camp, you stressed that you wanted that to get some time in the preseason. Clearly, the injuries changed that. But any concern about the offense and Dak not really being able to be on the field together before the start of the season? Well, I think you have to point to your practice environment there. But yeah, I think if you know if things don't go the way it's happened, I've experienced it. Uh, offense started slow. Quarterback didn't take any live reps. You know, criticism was applied. Uh, that's all to me. That's all part of the the process of you know of which of what this is. That's our business. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if he played or didn't play in the preseason. If it doesn't go well early. You know, criticism is going to come, and but at the end of the day, you know, I, I trust the practice process. I mean, I really do. I, I, I think, you know, I've I've been in I've been in the league a while. I've been to, I've worked in other organizations. Uh, we do it. We do things the right way. I, uh, the tempo of how we practice, the you know, cadence variations, and the emphasis and the the game situations. So, you know, I feel really good about 
you know, what, what we're able to get done uh, in this environment as opposed to relying on the preseason games. I always felt the preseason games were primarily for the development of your young young players. Um, I do know this is our first year going through the training camp. I think I think ideally if everybody was healthy and everything went smooth, uh, we may have gone to a more traditional, you know, play 10, 15 plays in the first game, played a quarter in the second game, played the first half in the third game. I mean, you know, those those things were all discussed, but you know, camp doesn't always go the way you you like it to go. Mike, could you update us on the status with the kid coming in for a workout? Is Larum has that already taken place, and do you expect a roster? Yes, yeah, it's it's in process, you know. So when we get finalized, obviously we'll get that to you. So um, and we would if there will be a roster move. Last preseason game has always been on a Thursday. Play, Wish it play. still was. If you can get that changed, yeah. Well, uh, so now this is a little different. You guys are different than the rest of the league because now you play on the Thursday after Sunday. Yeah. But does any of that change? Anything having a little more to the two-week side of things than in the past? Well, um, this is obviously the first year. Um, I was. Um, uh, I get my political correct verbiage here in line. I, I was expecting more out of the free week. Than actually is available, so because you know there's a mandatory uh, number of days off, uh, so uh, I like it. You know, I like the fact that you have two weeks to get ready for the first game. I'm definitely in favor of it. Uh, but coming out of a Sunday preseason game, you know, as opposed to hopefully or Friday Saturday, and then going into the Thursday game, which you know there's, you know, you're not going to have the same amount of time as your opponent. So I mean, it's you know those are things that are stating the obvious, but. Uh, you know, you'd like to have the same amount of time playing in that early game that, that the other teams do. How did Amari fare in his first practice fully back on Monday? Amari came out clean, uh, which is good. And, you know, this will be a big step for him today. He'll take a little more. So, uh, so far, so good. Uh, very pleased with the work he had. You talked yesterday about how sometimes his personality and being an introvert can be misconstrued for not having the fire. What have you learned about his personality since you got here and how you – I guess assess guys' reactions differently. Uh, I think it's like with everybody. Um, so I, mean, I think we're all think I know we're all different. Um, I think sometimes it takes longer to get to know certain guys. So you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, he's you know very cerebral. You know, he's uh, really into his craft. You know, and I think what he's done, you know, through this injury, it would be definitely the best thing for him. Uh, moving forward, you know, his weight's down. Uh, not that it was an issue, but you know, I, I think it, this this training and going through this will definitely help him in the long term. Is he different personality-wise than other receivers you've been around? Obviously, you're around Joe Horn and guys like that. Well, he's not Joe Horn. I think we can all recognize that. Um, so, I, you know, he doesn't carry a cell phone <laughs> underneath the telephone or not a telephone. Well, enough of that. But uh, so, yeah. They're, but they're all we're all different. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. So, but. Um, you know, in a day, he's very gifted, and uh, it's great to see him back out there. Uh, how did take it for a second? Uh, Zerline, back, back to the kicker. Yeah. Is Zerline on target? Or did yes. Yeah. yeah, Zerline's on target. Yes. We have, Hunter's having an issue, and we'll, we'll, when we get that finalized, we'll get that to you. Okay. You mentioned Amari being cerebral. How much does that help that room as a whole? I know CD talked to us about how during practice yesterday he was having Amari taken through a release. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he's the most experienced receiver in the room, and 
you know, experience is, is something you can't have enough of. I think any time as a coach when, you know, you're echoing a message, a technique, a teaching progression, it's it's obviously the starting point in the structure. But uh, when the veteran speaks on it and gives more insight, it, it carries carries a lot of weight. So, I mean, it's definitely a big part of any position room. and always encourage those veterans to, to speak up and, and you know, because I, I think I've spoken on this continuously here, you're always trying to bridge the gap between your younger players and older players, and, and this is all part of that process. Mike, do you have to anticipate having McGovern take any snaps at center just to uh, analyze your depth there in the next couple of weeks? Uh, not this week. No, that's, you know, it's, it's, we want to continue with Connor and Tyler and, you know, so keep working Matt in there. Your F last year line from Hard Knocks, that's probably going to be one of the enduring sound bites. I know you guys as coaches and players live in the world of last year's, last year's, this year's, this year's. Is that any kind of a rallying cry, though, a little bit different just based on the way last year went as you guys go into this? I apologize. I, I, didn't, I, couldn't, I didn't hear the first part of the question. F, the F last year line that you have from Hard Knocks. The, okay. He didn't want to cuss. I don't, I don't want to say yeah, well, I don't recommend it. My mother wasn't in favor of it either, too. I know you guys, players and coaches, don't live in that world of dwelling on last year, but is it a little different just based on what last year was as, as kind of a rallying cry for this group? Yeah, I, I definitely. I'm, you know, I'm trying to remember the exact, you know, application of this, you know, of the comment. You know, whether it was the Arizona game or in front of the team, first the first episode. preseason game. Yeah. Well, I, unfortunately, I, I use I use more than one F in front of the team. I'm trying to cut I'm trying to cut them down. What? We're just narrowing it down to yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think anytime um, things like that happen, obviously there's a message there. You know, last year you do reference some things. I mean, there's some things that are that are factual that we need to improve on, and um, so yeah, you, you bring that up, but. Also, you know, I use I talk on them, in them terms a lot as the improvements we've made. I think our game situation, uh, you know, progression has has been encouraging. You know, and that's something we definitely felt like we needed to needed more experience and more reps at. And you know, and you're starting to see it come to light. I, re I really would have loved to see us, you know, win that game at the end. You know, because you know, it's obviously when you have the the ultimate is when you have a carry over to the game time. Then uh, you know that's what you're looking for. So, but uh, we're making progress. What kind of feedback? When we're watching Hard Knocks, or even when, when we just watch you interact with the team, when you give a presentation like that, or a mini speech, or a pep talk, or whatever, how much of it is crafted, and how much of it is, you know, kind of like you got a filing cabinet full of them, and how much of it is off the cuff? Uh, I take the outline approach, so I would say it probably be more. I don't say off the cuff. You know, I've, I've been fortunate to do it long enough. I don't have. I don't have a bunch of canned speeches. You know, I, I've never done it that way. I think, I think every day in this league is different. I think every week is different, and I think every opportunity is different. Now, the, the, the you know the concept or the topic or the theme that you're talking on, yeah, they're you're similar because that's football. They you know, different. You know, adversity comes up all the time. You know, confidence comes up all the time. But I think to make it specific to that team and that situation. You know, it needs to be original. It needs to be genuine, and that's just the way I've always tried to go about it. What kind of feedback have you gotten about the first two episodes, like from family or friends? Anybody said anything to you about it? Um, you know, yeah, I was kidding by my mother. She wasn't real kicked in the bum <laughs> about the first one. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, it's been it's been positive. I think it was you know, anytime you can see a, your team from a different light, you know, people enjoy that. How difficult is it to evaluate 
Malik Hooker, he's only practiced the one time, and where he is versus where he's been and what he's been? Oh, man, it's a great question. I mean, that's, that's frankly what we're still trying to evaluate. You know, I, I think just uh, because of the time, you know, the timeline of when he, when he arrived, where he was, and just the you know just the path that the you know the training staff and the in the you know the strength and conditioning staff put on him you know and particularly you know being a veteran and the extent of the injury you know we're we're trying to get as much information in a timely fashion because we don't we don't want to rush that so um, but and that's why you see us going the way it's going because um, we all recognize the type of player you know and his ability uh, that he showed in Indianapolis but you know we're just trying to give him the you know, similar to Dak in some sense. You know, you just want to make sure you're you're not going too fast there. With Dak, though, you have a obviously a background of a full year with him, and there's a background of Dak starting. But for this guy, you, you've not been around him, so is it harder to? Oh, definitely. No. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's why I think there's even more, you know, more focus on trying to avoid the setback, you know. So and, and, and you know, he's a veteran player, you know, and he knows it. And, and like all these athletes, they know their body best, and you know. And I think you learn a lot about uh, each and every player uh, in their individual interaction, you know, with your strength and conditioning staff, your training staff, and I trust those guys. You have to trust those guys. Uh, they're experts at what they do, and. You know, they work with the, the players more than anybody in the building. So in one of the episodes, you, they got you talking to Jerry about how it was impressive that Dak pulled himself out or told told you that, you know, some of the shoulder. How much do you talk to the team about that? Like, don't try and be the hero here. Let, let us know if something's wrong. And then how much has that changed from maybe when you first entered the NFL? Um, I think just the way um, you set up your, you know, the structure of how you go about it. I mean, the fact that you have a rest and recovery component in your, you know, into your schedule, I think shows the focus and, and, and once again highlights the, the relationship that the players have with the trainers, with the strength conditioning staff, and really how in tune these guys are with their body. I mean, they do, they do a lot of outsourcing, you know, as far as what they need uh, to to advance themselves. In, in that area, and, and you have to trust that process. So, I mean, I'm, I don't stand in front of the team, give speeches about pulling yourself out when you feel an injury. That's that's not the, I think this is really the product of the modern day athlete and just how in tune they are and just the, you know, I mean, these, the training regiments of a Dak Prescott. You know, if it's if anything, um, over training is, is 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 something you have to be very conscious of, which was not the case 15, 20 years ago. You know, for the whole team. So, uh, I think it's just more the awareness of the individuals. Lee Hooker, him again. He's only been a starter in the NFL. He's never played really special teams mm -hmm. at all. So if he's not a starter here, we won. Is it a challenge to assess? what you can get out of him because if you're a backup safety you need to play special teams well i mean you know that's obviously all part of the conversations you know when 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 an individual like malik is in that situation i mean he understands the opportunities in front of him you know he understands the path that he needs to take to be on the football team so i mean we we all know where he was drafted um you know we clearly understand the type of athlete and player that he can be but you no know, he's you know he's progressing back from major you know, major surgery and a major injury. So, I mean, that's just part of his new, you know, his, the new this new opportunity in his career. He came out of practice, okay? Yes. And you anticipate would he be able to give you something on Saturday? Look to hopefully give more today. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to avoid the question. I mean, I've I've just done this long enough that until you get past this padded practice, this is technically a Thursday 
in the uh, in the normal flow of a week. And we'll meet tonight. I'll meet tonight with the coordinators, and then we'll go through it as a staff in the morning. So, uh, but I I would like to continue to see him, um, you know, move forward and hopefully get get some plays, you know, uh, Saturday against the Texans. Read the battle. Never really seen much of him have protection last season as a rookie. How would you assess that area of his game, which is obviously important? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the name. Pass protection for Rico Daddle. Oh, Rico? Yeah, I think Rico's improved all, all the way through. I think you saw the the instinctive running ability last year. You know, the big kickoff return, just a you know, few opportunities that he had. But the pass protection, and he, I think he's doing a better job out of the backfield as a receiver, too. So I think Rico's impro- improved in all, all three areas. And, you know, I think at the end of this season, we'll – Definitely put him in the category as a young man that took the second year jump. You, you use the word play style uh, quite a bit. How do you define that to your players when they're talking about play style? On camera, off camera there. So, <laughs> off camera. Um, no, I think everybody, you know, everybody wants to play the game of football the you know the right way and um, but it's it's part of your identity. You know, it's you know, I think play style is a big part of the, the personality of, of each and every football team. You know, a, a big, a big, you know, a big component of play style is the finish. You know, and to me, you know, every every football play is broken down into you know into three areas. You know, there's the pre-snap. You know, then there's the the two point three, and then there's the above the two point three. If you know, if you just ever put a clock to a football play, you know, uh, today's NFL, and it's the hardest area for a young player to to to. The hardest threshold to get over is, is the pre-snap, you know, because the, the quarterback, you know, the quarterback play at the pre-snap, you know, starting with Peyton Manning and just, you know, all these guys have done such a great job with the up-tempo, off-tempo, you know, you know, uh, you know. I know Green Bay, we use nine cadences in, in, a, in a regular basis, you know, and so we're building to that too, but it, it's just such a. It's such a different game than, 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 than these young guys have experienced at the college level. So, you know, so that's that's part of the play style, playing the right way through all three of those phases. You know, and if you just put a watch on it and hit at 2.3, really the schematic formation of each play, whether it's the defensive call and the offensive call, is, is usually established at the 2.3 seconds. And then really the big money is, is above 2.3. If the offense can extend the play above 2.3, you know, now you're now you're in a play extension area where the opportunity for big plays increase. You know, so that's why we train so much. And what we refer to as above the 2.3 because you know we still want to be able to, you know, make those big plays above 2.3 seconds. And you know, with that comes the second component of the play style definition. It's you know we refer to it as championship conditioning. So. And that's that's why we practice. That's why we're going to get out here today. And hopefully, it's humid as hell because we need to transition from California into this weather. Get ready for Tampa. So, you know, all these things are taken into account when you're putting together a training regiment for your football team. How does Ralston stack up on your list? You know, Brad. After that answer, I thought you'd say, "Hey, why don't you just take it in, Mike?" No. Okay. All right. How does Ralston stack up on your list of characteristics for football? Say it again. <laughs> How does Ralston, Ralston stack up on your list of characteristics? He took a big jump in the last game. You got to be excited about what he did. You know, I, I think like any young guy, when you see him jump out there and make a, you know, make a play on kickoff cover, and you know, did a really good job. We haven't done a bunch of lead blocking since since I've been here, so you know, we refer to it as phone booth football. And so, you know, I, I thought he did a nice job in his opportunities, and he'll definitely get some more opportunities this week. Mike, you mentioned that. 
for Monday's practice a couple days ago, Terry. No, I really like the situational work, and really I like the situations that were created in, in the night practice. Uh, we, you know, we went through, I think I had a 20-play script in the team meeting, and uh, whew, I want to say we had probably had nine different game situations come up, you know, just throughout, you know, organically throughout the practice. You know, it wasn't scripted. We didn't have to, you know, have a church clock or, you know, like, well, we scripted the three last plays of the game there. Um, but uh, so I really like that because you just, you just can't get enough of that. So uh, I like that part of it. Um, and it was a competitive practice, so it was uh, Dan was reviewing calls that he needed. Kellen re reviewed a number of different things. You know, we we hit, hit on some big plays offensively. So, you know, uh, these are things that Kellen had, had gone back and you know through the first eight installs we want to hit. We're going to do it again next week. So I was very, very pleased with that. You know, yesterday was you know just jog through, so you know not a real great. This is a, this is an important practice for us. So, because we do need to transition. Because uh, I haven't been through this in a while, but I, I know in, back in the early days in Kansas City, you know, you go to River Falls, Wisconsin, you get back into the heat. It, it's it, you know, it takes, it takes a little while, and we all understand we open up in Tampa, and we could catch a hot, muggy night there. So I just want to make sure we get some opportunities, which we will, uh, to get out there and practice in this weather. Thank you.